You want to do what Willie do do? When he do it? We're live. Well, not live, but kind of live. We're talking. It's Willie do. It's Lou later. It's the new channel. We're having fun. We're talking. It's casual. There's lots happening. There's always things happening. It's been a lot of Galaxy Fold. You know, it's been hard to get away from. I've had so many visitors here in the studio and everybody wants to talk about it. And so do I. Because it's this new form factor. It's this new thing. Actually, I was just, uh, I'm on Twitter right now. And I'm reading through and people, ah, Lou, if this was, uh, if this was Apple, it would be different. You'd be hating it. You'd be all over it. Listen, I, I mean, you could go look through the inventory of videos. There has been a point in time where I've criticized every single big brand that's out there. Apple, Samsung, so on, so forth. It doesn't matter. I'm not attached to these brands or brand names. I know you guys are, at least a lot of you. That's just not me, though. It's not my thing. Uh, I've been a tech fan since day one. Straight out the womb, straight into Inspector Gadget. It's exciting. It's interesting to me. And I understand that these brands need to coexist. I don't need one to dominate over the other. I need them to coexist because as a fan, I want the best stuff. And it's competition that gives you the best stuff. They push one another forward. And I'm sure if Apple does their own version of a folding phone, that will be interesting as well. And I'll be like, wow, thank goodness. They're now contributing to the progression of this particular thing, which I happen to be a fan of. I feel the same way about, let's say, AirPods, for example. I've gone on record saying it's a convenient, successful, it's a product I reach for. It has an Apple brand on it. I don't really care what the brand is. And actually, I like it when Apple specifically picks up a new technology because it means the masses, they get access to it. And, and communities that don't necessarily watch these types of videos might start utilizing things that they wouldn't have otherwise, like wireless charging, for example. I celebrated when the iPhone added it. I'm not here rooting against anyone. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm looking for ambitious products because I got to talk about them. And if I'm motivated naturally to do so, then this job gets easier and more fun. So when I see something like the fold come through, I just, I have to, you know, I have to emote. I have to, you know, give you what I'm feeling. I have to put that through on camera as best I can because I'm inundated with these products and it's not always the same reaction and it's not always the same effect. So if I go after one particular product, brand, or phone, and maybe you think I'm harsh on it, it could be because I don't think that the particular product was ambitious enough. So I'm taking points away for not really attacking something unusual or different. And then in this department, in the fold department, I may give some extra leeway from a construction standpoint, from a durability standpoint. There's no water resistance, no IP rating. There's a lot of moving parts. I may do that because I'm giving extra points on the ambition side. So it's complicated, all right? Trying to be as, as comprehensive as possible in these types of discussions to explain where you're coming from and how, you, how you're going to talk about it in order to represent yourself and your point of view the best. So let's try our best, okay, to encourage the innovation in general, access lower cost solutions, technology for all, and so on, because that's the enthusiasm that brought me here and brought you here. And if this fold thing can pick up, all of a sudden, the way that people in interact and compute could change drastically. And I would love for other players to also get involved 
and I can't wait to get my hands on the Matex because I want to see that implementation. And this whole process has got me juiced up again, in case you can't tell. I mean, you've been watching the content, so you probably can. And that's really what it's about. It, it just has made things fun. And I need to encourage, I need to, if something for me is that, if I feel that connection, then I need to hopefully encourage that to keep happening. And I would love to see this kind of stuff happen more frequently. So I'm not going to come out here and just say that this product is DOA. I'm going to interpret it not just as a physical thing that you can buy now, but like the longer story, the thing that it represents, the thing that we're pushing or moving towards. A lot of people say, oh, the Fold, Samsung rushed it out. Yeah, they rushed it out. Oh, that's the way this stuff goes. Gen 1? The improvements that have to be, they've been working on it for years to get to that point. Like we take certain things and we take certain things in tech for granted. Flexible display, OLED, yeah, so what? <laughs> OLED, yeah, had that for years. Flexible display, organic light emitting diodes, who cares? Man, no, I'm still amazed. I still bend it. I look at the vibrance, the contrast, the saturation within the image. I'm still, I'm still there. It's still amazing. And then now you shift these form factors and, and, and it stops just meeting your expectation, but it goes beyond. I promise you, if you get a chance to play with, play with this thing, you're going to see what I mean. It's a totally different experience than seeing it at a distance. In fact, I was talking about this thing differently when I was looking at the footage from Samsung's event. I was very skeptical. Go back and watch the footage if you don't think so. This is different. You handle it. You'll notice it's different. It's not a laptop. It's not a tablet. It's not a phone. It's a new thing. And I'm as excited for the new thing, the new thing, more than I'm excited for Samsung or, or Huawei or Apple or I don't care. I'm not, do, I'm not wearing a jersey right now. I don't care. I'm excited for the new thing. I'm in this for the new thing. I want to interpret the new thing. I want to break down the new thing. As best as I can. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm aiming to do. I thank you for supporting me. In, uh, there's the, the fold going off with the stock ringtone. I appreciate you allowing, supporting, uh, upholding this whole situation so I can continue to do that. It really is a privilege, and I appreciate it. Willie, dude, what do we have today in the stories? I know you've been, you've been lurking. You've been making moves. You're around the web. You're on the Internet. You're a guy on the Internet, and you found some stuff for us to talk about. Okay, step one. Oh my goodness gracious. HBO requests Trump stop using Game of Thrones memes for political purposes. Uh, this, I saw this making rounds actually. This one is no surprise to me. What a funny story. It's, uh, it's, the pinned, it's a pinned tweet as well. Yeah. So it's not just a tweet, it's a pinned tweet. It has 90,000 replies, 111,000 retweets, and 374,000 likes. No collusion, period. No obstruction, period, for the haters and the radical left Democrats, game over. So HBO is upset that Trump is utilizing their, uh, uh, what would it be, their font, their style. I mean, it's, obvious, it's obviously inspired by Game of Thrones. But how Game of Thronesy is it? Like, is it Game of Thronesy enough that they, can, that they can force him to take it down? I'm not really sure. It's obviously inspired, though. This is a, a real... A real gray zone. And what makes it even wackier is that it's the president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. And that's, uh, that's what that meme is. We got memes coming from the president of the United States. What a time to be alive. My phone keeps popping off. Maybe I should silence that next time. It's unbelievable. It's rude, in fact. 
Uh, it's funny. I'm having a laugh. Whatever. I, this is obviously such a polarizing topic. If you hate, if you hate this guy from the jump, then you're you're angry. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, maybe with a particular political viewpoint, maybe you're angry. I think this is just what the internet does. The internet turns everything into a meme, and even the president is not immune to the memedom. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's kind of funny. All right, what do you got next? Uh. 2019 iPhones to feature 12 megapixel front cameras, special black coating to hide lenses, and more. So we have some news here, uh, iPhone news for 2019. We've seen some leaks. We've seen some rumors. And it's Ming-Chi Kuo who's weighing in now. He's kind of like the prolific Apple information intel. He's always on the inside, getting an inside scoop. The note obtained by Mac Rumors adds that the new Next, iPhone XS and iPhone XS Max models with 5.8-inch and 6.5-inch OLED displays will also feature triple-lens rear cameras, including a 12-megapixel telephoto, 12-megapixel wide-angle lens, and a 12-megapixel super-wide-angle lens. So this is moving, of course, in the direction what Samsung is currently doing. Actually, how convenient. I have, uh, I have the S10 on the table here. So triple-lens setup, telephoto, standard, and ultra-wide. The ultra-wide is exciting for me. I use it frequently. I find it helpful for travel photos, architecture, and whatnot. Uh, you know, we get, we're going to get a lot, of, a lot of rumors hitting us here about the upcoming iPhones very shortly. There's a little bit more detail here in the actual camera spec. We have, uh, what do we have here? We have 12 megapixel with 1UM sensor size exclusively by Sony. Uh, the front camera and all three new iPhone models will upgrade to 12 megapixels CIS plus 5P lens, which is currently 7 megapixels. It's more megapixels to go around front, back, triple camera system. Who knows? Maybe their implementation will be a bit different. Uh, we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens. But if you are holding out for the next generation iPhone, it looks like the camera department is going to be the area, the territory in which you're going to see improvements. And just more versatility in general. If you've used one of these newer Android phones, whether it's from Huawei or Samsung, you realize that's where the iteration is taking place. It's by it's you know it's through adding more cameras and just providing the versatility to to have a different perspective on a particular shot with those different focal ranges. So that's I mean it's kind of what what we've expected for a while now, but a little bit more Intel pointing in that direction. Uh, I'm pretty confident whatever this dude says. He's uh, he's been bang on in the past. Quo. All right. Well, what do you got next? Instagram hides like counts in leaked design prototype. Ooh, controversial. Holy moly. So, well, that seems crazy. First of all, I don't know if that's actually going to roll out. Maybe it's maybe it could be a feature where you could turn it off if uh, if it's bothering you. Uh, social media without likes, without thumbs without some kind of interaction to let let the creator know that you like something that they've done or let other people know the things you like and don't like. I don't even know if social media works like that because all of these different systems that exist within social media have some form of uh, patting each other on the back. And it's that, it's that, uh, it's that aspect I think that encourages people to keep using it. That's how you get that dopamine hit. Like, look who liked my thing. I'm going to go like their thing. We're all liking. We're so happy. This is a relationship. It's a conversation. But on the flip side, it can go dark. 
it can be bad, right? What if you're not getting those likes? Or what if you used to get more? Or what if you're not getting them from the people that you like? Or what if the person that you don't like is getting more likes than your likes? Whew, it can be heavy, especially on certain demographics, young people, and, and, and so forth. So it is an interesting experiment. This kind of comes into the social media fatigue category. I know we talk about it a lot here around the office. I think this is a prototype if anything, it's going to be a feature. I can't imagine this being rolled out uh, social media wide. What do they say? We're not testing this at the moment. Exploring ways to reduce pressure on Instagram is something we're always thinking about. So they're, they're, they're willing to go in there and say it's part of the thought process. I think it has to be because if people continue to have negative experiences on social media or through social media, if they, if they, if they close the app and feel worse than when they opened it, they're probably not going to keep opening it forever. And so it, it kind of, not, not in an altruistic way, it's not like social media really cares about you that much, but even, even just in a commercial, in an in a enterprise fashion where they got to they gotta make sure you keep liking this thing for a long period of time. They want to stick around. They want to be around. So if you at some point figure out you don't like it that much, you're not enjoying it and you close it down or you quit completely like some people have, that's bad business. So I like the idea Let's try to find ways to make these, these uh, social media systems a little healthier for individuals. And that comes to a, that, that brings up a couple of different topics. Like you see some of them are implementing uh, timers where they'll prompt you. You've been on there too long. Smartphone companies within the software, they're telling you how long you spend on each particular social media, uh, you know, balancing it out. You can set limits for each of them digital well-being will just brought up yeah that's the name is that that's the name google's giving it apple has their own version of this it will tell you how you spent your day on your smartphone i think this stuff is all good i think it's a necessary progression of the space because we gotta we gotta you know technology it's all great it's fun and exciting it works best with a little bit of discipline applied to it like most things actually in my opinion okay well what you got next uh how about a question Oh, yeah. We definitely got to take a question. It's part of the show. It's very important. Uh, if you want to send your question in, it is will at loulater.com, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you're, reading, you're reading questions, and yeah. you're picking, and you're the guy. You got to get past him to get on the show, but who knows? If you hit him with the heat, with a very a compelling, sophisticated question, I mean, you could hit him with anything, to be honest. Ask about anything, and it might get on the show. So what do we have today? All right, here's a question. It says, what's up, everyone? Got two quick questions. They are quick. It's one line. What are your thoughts on the new PlayStation 5? And does its 8K gaming potential make any sense? Okay, you're going to have to bring up some info for me on PlayStation 5 because I have very limited information so far. It looks like they're sort of doubling down on the traditional console. They don't, uh, it's going to be backwards compatible. I think that's good. 8K resolution and ray tracing tech. So I've seen some of this stuff in action, obviously not on the PlayStation side, on the computer graphics side. It's all very exciting if, if that's what you're into. If you're, you're heavy on the kind of uh, hardcore experience, maybe one step back from the, the very expensive gaming PC. Uh, in addition to confirming backwards compatibility, it's revealed that PS5 will use an AMD chip with a CPU based on third-generation Ryzen, as well as a custom version of Radeon's Navi graphics. The system is also said to support 8K. So, I mean, look, gaming, it's about immersion, more pixels, more detail, uh, more lifelike. 
the other day Will was showing off the new uh, the new Unreal Engine on this show, and man, it blew my mind what they're capable of, or at least what they're working towards. Uh, console gaming, here's the thing. Here's the hard part. You got Nintendo. They got the weird play with their Switch. You got Microsoft. They're going diskless. Uh, it's all going to be in the cloud. Who knows? Maybe they could even launch their own uh, their own subscription-based gaming type of scenario. And then you have Google Stadia, which we talked about uh, recently also. It's a whole new take, which could be some sort of Netflix implementation, always on, click the game, stream it. You don't need the hardware. It's all very complicated right now in gaming. Uh, one thing I can say, as far as PlayStation 5 is concerned, by them sort of keeping it in their wheelhouse where they have experience just putting out sort of the most powerful thing you could put underneath your TV or at least most people put under their TV in terms of consoles means that the the output or the outcome should be predictable. PlayStation VR has a long way to go, but it is probably the most accessible version of VR right now because you've already got a PlayStation in your living room possibly. It's per- perceivably. It's uh I don't think that the typical console is the future of gaming, but I do think it's the it's the now in gaming. It's still such a convenient way to get like decent graphics on a really big display without the need for any kind of custom PC configuration or whatever it is that comes along with that. I understand competitively, if you really care about gaming, PC is the way to go. But for everyone else, a step down from that, consoles are where it's at. Uh, I think. I think PlayStation is going to probably win the hardware battle one more time, and maybe Microsoft moves more into the convenience kind of uh, web-based side. But the stuff from Google Stadia really kind of wrecked my head a little bit in what gaming looks like maybe five, ten years from now. As our devices continue to change, the things that we carry around, I talked a lot, I talked off the top of the show about the Galaxy Fold. I did a video on gaming on the Galaxy Fold on the Unbox Therapy channel. It's like you start to imagine AAA games that go with you wherever you go, and it gets kind of interesting, and it gets more futuristic. So exciting exciting anyway, right? New PlayStations. I've got every single version of PlayStation since PlayStation 1. Some analysts are predicting the PlayStation 5 release date could be around 2020 or 2021. Others say 2019. So it's a, it's a pretty big window right there. Uh, PlayStation, it's got a good brand. You know, it's synonymous with at-home gaming. It's synonymous with a good time. I'm glad that 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 these players are still in the game, from Sony uh, to Nintendo to Microsoft. Options in this space are a good thing, but uh, they all got to be thinking about what Google's doing with Stadia. At least I would be. I understand it's possibly a different customer, and we just haven't seen enough yet. But uh, how can you not? It's a new. It's a new take. But I, I think I think PlayStation is probably gonna have the best uh, the best graphics in the in the living room with the PlayStation Five. That's probably what's gonna happen, based on what I've seen up until this point. Anyhow, it's been wonderful spending time with you guys, and uh, I hope you enjoyed getting some 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 intel, having a little surf, a little Willy Do internet surf. It's a wild ride. You never know what this man's up to. He's out there. He's on the scene. He's also taking your questions, as I said before. If you have a question yourself, all you got to do is shoot it over. It's will at lulater.com. And, uh, and we'll be back. I mean, it's what we do. I got lots to say. I'm still using this fold. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll last another day. Maybe not. Dun, dun, dun.